We are in Ephesians, the, the, the sixth chapter. Would you turn with me, please, there? We're at what is a very critical place in the Word of God as far as understanding our families. Um, God has set the stage for us, as He would do in uh, the fifth chapter, telling us, husbands and wives, how we are to live with one another and how we're to love one another. And, and husbands, how we are to love our wives like Jesus Christ loves us, the church. And he, and he pours out his, his, his value for us as, as husband and wives and how we are to treat one another. Well, naturally, he then moves into the family setting since hopefully the husbands and wives understand how they are to treat one another. He now tells us, here's how you treat your children. And as we saw last week in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1, 2, and 3, Paul talked to the children, but he wasn't talking to the little ones. He was talking to children, meaning offsprings. In other words, he was speaking to all of us and how we should honor our mothers and our fathers. And then he said in verse 3 of of, of Ephesians chapter 6 that that we would receive a promise with that, that it would be well with us, and that we would live long on the earth. Now, that promise, you need to understand, was not given to individuals. That promise was a promise made to any nation that would honor their older generation, their older people. As you might well know, it would be well and, 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 and you would live long on the earth if you honored your parents, but, but all of us know some individuals that have honored their mothers and their fathers and yet had not lived well and had not lived long on the earth and, and vice versa. Those that had not honored their parents had lived long on the earth. And so God's promise is to the nation who honors their parents or the older generation. They would be well. They would live long upon the earth. And, and see, when we read and, 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 and take a look at the Word of God, it, it is well for us to understand what we are reading. We cannot expect God to make a promise where He doesn't promise that is the reason that we need to know the Word of God. Why we are to understand what God is saying to us out of the Word of God when we study it and know it. Which brings us to children. Now today, when we, we talk about children, we're not talking about offsprings. We're talking about the younger children that God has blessed us with. We are to care for our children. We're to, in, to discipline them. And we are to instruct them of the Lord. I want you to note something. When we read verse 4, we are reading to children and we are to instruct them in the Lord. It's not our instructions that we are to be passing along to them. Watch. Read with me verse 4. Just one verse, but powerful. Fathers, it says. By the way, when it says fathers... It doesn't just mean dads alone. We're talking about parents in this situation. Parents, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Not your instruction, not your discipline, but the Lord's instruction and discipline. We are not to provoke our children. We are to bring them up in the Lord. 
most important responsibility that you and I have, apart from coming to believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, most important, apart from our maturing and growing in our own faith, is how we pass along our faith to our children. It's critical. I'm going to show you, and we're going to read out of a couple places where God tells us how critical it is. You're going to see, we're going to look at Psalms 127. We're going to look at Matthew 18. We're going to look also at Proverbs, Philippians, and Proverbs again. And we will make a case of how important it is before God that we raise and care for the children that He has so blessed us with. Now let's pray first. Father, please open up our eyes so that we might behold wonderful things from Your law. Wonderful things, Father, out of Your Bible. So that we might understand the, the responsibility that we have been given as parents to raise and to love our children in the Lord, teaching them, Father, so that they might grow as mature believers in Jesus Christ, fully matured, fully loved, Father, by us. And so bless this time. Move me aside, I would beg of you, Father, so that we might hear from your heart to ours. We pray in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. It is a two-parent responsibility that has been given to you and me to raise our children, to discipline them, and to instruct them in God's ways. Listen, if we're diligent to instruct and discipline our children during their early, early years, as God's going to show us, hopefully we won't have to still be working on them when they get into their 20s and 30s. They will be mature believing Christians who know how to walk with the Lord and function. I want you to note God's involvement in your life and my life with the children He has given us. Look at Psalms 127, verses 3, 4, and 5. It, it, it is really an, uh, uh, an eye-opening event that God says, Behold, in Psalms 127, verse 3, Behold, He says, children are a gift of the Lord. First and foremost, you need to note that the children that you have are not completely yours. They have been gifted to us by God on loan, if you will, so that we would give back to Him our children fully matured, fully grown, and fully in love with Him. It says, verse 3, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. They're like arrows in the hands of a warrior. So are children in one's youth. How blessed is the man or the parent whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. You see, in, in the eyes of the Lord, our children are very precious. I want you to... To, to turn with me while I say these things to Matthew chapter 18. This is God's point of view. Jesus' point of view upon children. This is, this is why when we were here at church, my kids are fully grown. By the grace of an almighty God, my children know and love the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, uh, I had a conversation with my son just this week. In fact, just maybe it wasn't yesterday now. It was Friday. And, and he was telling me, 
why he hadn't been in touch with me for a couple of days. He said, just been, it's been a zoo around his house. His little boy, is, is, uh, my grandson has not been well. And uh, it, it just been trying to put and hold everything together. And, and then he mentioned this, it kind of almost in passing. And he says, I've been studying for my, my Bible study group and I've been doing this. And I thought, what a statement. I mean, of all the things he said, that was the one thing that just hit me, that, that he's been studying for his Bible study group at their church. And, and, and they're deeply involved as Jennifer, my daughter-in-law, both of them studying to be involved in their Bible study group at church. And, and, and I'm telling you, that was like a, a blessing in my life beyond your wildest dream to hear my son say that. Now, my children are grown. They know and love the Lord. But I still have more children on this earth that I'm, I'm going to take care of. And that's yours and all that come to this church, all that I come in contact with, it is my blessing, it is my responsibility to love on your kids as it is your blessing and your responsibility to love on the children that come to this place, this church, to make an impact in their life. That's why when we do our baby dedications, we really are, are dedicating the parents to raise the Lord or raise the children to come to know the Lord, but also... It is a dedication for us, as you remember or might recall. I always ask you, is this a desire of your heart? Would you, if you were willing to have an impact in this little boy or girl's life, would you say amen with me and you all say amen? At least I hope you mean that from the depth of your heart. And, and so when, when it is with me, when I get to see your kids, that's why I always get down on my knees. I love looking at the kids' eye level. And, and that's not easy for me anymore. My knees are really, really, really sore, aren't it? And, and, it, and, and it's hard for me to get down, but I want to. I want to love on your children. I feel it a tremendous responsibility in my life as a, as a Christian man to love on the children that God brings our way. Look at what Jesus says in chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. The disciples came, it says in verse 1, to Jesus Christ, and they asked him, who then, that they say, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You know, these guys were really amazing. They were always pushing for that position, it appears to me. They were always asking. Remember when, when, uh, when John and, and, and James' mother came, the sons of Zebedee, and they came to Jesus, and she said, I want one of my sin, the son to sit on your left and the other one on your right. And when the other disciples heard that, they become indignant. They wanted to be in that position too they were always perking for that that position of power and authority you know personally i don't get it maybe it's my makeup i don't want any position or power in heaven if there is such a thing i just want to be there i want to watch paul i want to i don't mind if i would be paul's arm would not barrier i would like to, whatever he needs carried it, it would i wouldn't mind just hanging with paul I just would love to see how he deals with things and treats things. It, it is the furthest thing from my mind to think of a position of authority or, 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 or some sort of power in heaven itself. I, I don't even get people that think like that. It just, I just want to be there. I just want to observe what's going on. And so they're asking, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And so Jesus calls a little child to himself. Watch. Verse 2. Jesus called a child to himself 
And he set this child before them. In other words, in front of all the disciples. And he said, truly I say to you, unless you're converted, and unless you become like children, you'll not enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he says this in verse 4, whoever humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such child in my name, watch, what? receives me you see why i think it's important and it's not just because of this verse i just believe it in my heart i think it's important to to love on the children that god has brought to our church in our lives whether they be my children or related to me or not is irrelevant i believe it's important for me and you to receive these young children that god have has brought our way and he says to receive a child in my name you've received me as well and then he says this and it's it's an amazing verse verse six but whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble he says it would be better for that person to have a a a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea as you can read from verses 1 to 6 of Matthew chapter 18. Jesus Christ places a great value upon the children that He has given to us. Gifts that He has given to us as a people. And I believe He expects you and me to care for them very, very carefully. So with that in mind, reading verse 4 of chapter 6 of Ephesians What's the greatest need, do you believe, of a child after they come to know and trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Well, I believe it's to be loved. How do you and I love our children? One of the best ways I know to love a child is to build their self-esteem. Now, I want to take you to a verse in Scripture, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 that I think is one of the most misunderstood verses in all of Scripture. Because most people cling to this verse, and I don't want you ever to do this again, they cling to this verse as if it were a verse to assure their children's salvation. This verse has absolutely nothing to do with your child's salvation. It has everything to do with how your child is bent for a lack of a better word proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 says this train up a child in the way that he shall go and even when he is old he will not depart from it now some say this is a promise a guarantee of of our child's salvation it's not That is not the meaning of this verse at all. There is absolutely no guarantee in this verse concerning anyone's salvation. What God is so importantly teaching us in this verse is you and I as parents or as friends of the children that come our way is to find out the way of our child. In other words, literally the bent that he or she is is going in, is moving in. 
and we're to move them in that direction. And when they get old, they will not depart from that way. In other words, it will build up their self-esteem. You and I need to be students of our children so that we can move them in the direction that they are moving in, not the direction that we want them to go. You know, I see it over and over again. I saw it especially when I was a younger dad and when I had my kids, young kids. My son and my daughter happened to like sports. But if they didn't, that would be okay with them. And my son, when he got to be in the 11th grade, didn't want to play baseball anymore. And that was fine with me. I want you to know it broke my heart, but it was fine with me. Because it wasn't my dream for my... Well, that's not a truth. It was my dream that my son would be the shortstop for the Los Angeles Dodgers. But that wasn't God's dream for my son. And it breaks my heart to see parents pushing their kids to play sports, pushing them to do something that their kid doesn't want to do. And to, to move your child and to try to make them into an athlete when they don't need or want to be an athlete could exacerbate your child. You'll try to bend them in a direction that they're not going They might want to be in the band and you need to buy them a clarinet or a trumpet or drums so that they can be a part of the way they are bent. Train up a child in the way that they should go. And then when they get older, they won't depart from that. What you are doing when you understand how your child is bent, you are building upon their self-esteem. And to build upon that self-esteem of your child, you will show them that you are loving them. There is a cross-reference. There are many cross-references to this. One, I didn't even put it down, is, is, is the book of Psalms. It's the 22nd chapter. And it is the second, no, excuse me, it's the 11th chapter, the second verse. And it, it just talks about an archer being an enemy, but how he bends his bow. It talks about bending a bow. Psalms 11.2 uses the same words, if, if you would, that, that describes Proverbs 22.6 when it talks the way of a child. The way of a child is like an archer would bend a bow. Simply put, an archer would never bend his bow in the wrong way. In other words, if the bow goes like this, he wouldn't try to bend it the other way. It would break if he did that. And so God is saying, you and I should not move our children away from their bent either because we will break their spirits if we do. And so what God is saying to you and me as parents, when we look at Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6, is we're to train up our children in the way that they should go. In other words, the way that He has programmed them so that we would build up their self-esteem And when they get older, they won't depart from that. They will hold that way. And so we need to find out, as a good parent, the way our children are going, they're bent, and help them move in that direction. That will build up their self-esteem. And so it is important that you and I study our children. It's important before God that we don't mess them up. In other words, we don't try to re-bend them or reshape them from the way that God has made them. 
So how do we shape and love our children? That's, that's a perfect question. How do we help them to grow into the, into the young person that, that God has called them to be in their bent, if you would? How do we build up their self-esteem? It's two ways here in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. We are to discipline them and we are to instruct them. But we are to do this when they are young. That twofold expression of love for our children, discipline, which is the word in the, in, in the, in the uh, uh, Hebrew is Y-A-S-A-A-G, Yasag, I believe. It means to bring forth pain. Now, this is politically incorrect, what we're going to talk about. The other word for instruct is, is Y-A-K-A. Y-A-K-A-A-G. It, is, it means to, to prove or to, well, to instruct. What the Bible is saying is that you and I have no right to discipline our children until we instruct them. The most unkind thing that you can do is to discipline your child when they didn't know what was right or what was wrong in your eyes or what is right and wrong before God. And sometimes you, you spank a child or you discipline a child when they didn't even know the ground rules. They didn't know what was right and what was wrong. And sometimes we need to instruct our children what it really means to, to discipline them. Now, we're going to talk about bringing forth pain, but not tonight, not today. We're going to kind of set the guidelines of how we build up our children's self-esteem this morning. I'll tell you one of the... There's a couple of things that I did right with our kids. One of them, my daughter taught me. It was kind of... Um, interesting how she taught me she didn't know that she was going to teach me this lesson and i didn't know it was going to take place she had gotten she went through a stage where she was doing things wrong kind of a lot and so i said you know we, uh, honey you can't do that we got to go upstairs we're going to get spanking we always went upstairs we had a certain place that we went we didn't do it in front of anybody. We did it just alone. And when we got upstairs, I said, you know, Cass, I said, I'm, I'm tired of disciplining you this. It's breaking my heart. I, somebody's got to get spanked. You did wrong. And I'm not going to spank you this time. Somebody's got to take this spanking. I'm going to step in your place and take it. So I lay down on the bed as I would have her normally do. And I said, hit Papa, spank me. No, Daddy, I cannot. I said, somebody's going to get spanked. It's you or me. Spank me, darling. And she started to cry. Here's where the lesson started. I said, why are you crying? She says, because it hurts my heart to spank you. I said, how do you think I feel about it? I have this... I just bit my tongue. I have the same emotion that you do. It breaks my heart to put you here and to spank you to, because you've done something wrong so as to teach you not to do it again. This was 
she never had a problem with this anymore. She completely got it. She spanked me. Didn't hit me real hard. She was really tender with me. But she spanked me. And there we then, as we normally did, we kind of grabbed each other and hugged and just both of us at this point were crying like crazy. It was a great lesson that my daughter learned how hard it was for me to discipline her and how unnecessary it was because she knew the rules. She was instructed. She understood what was right and what was wrong. The best way you can love your children is to discipline them and to instruct them. I'm going to show you by the Word of God that that is true. Now Paul is writing here in verse 4 of chapter 6 of Ephesians to both parents. Both parents are to discipline. Both parents are to instruct. And you cannot expect your child to understand the rules until you instruct them in God's ways or your standard for how you live within your own family situation. You see, we are not to provoke our children to anger. And how we keep from provoking them is that they understand clearly what are the rules. Kay and I decided that we wouldn't have a lot of rules. But the ones that we had were set in stone. And so the best way I know how to love our children is is just that, to love them. And you might say, I love my kids. Well, I'll ask you a question. Do you really? What is true biblical love? Now, we've already learned. We've learned through Philippians chapter 2. That might be up there. Yeah, it is. Two verses 3 and 4. It's a verse. Those two verses I have put to memory because I've said them at every wedding I've ever done. It says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than you do your own self. That biblical principle applies to everyone. It applies to your children just as it does to your mate or just as it does to anyone here in this church. We are to consider one another as more important than we do our own selves not looking out for our own personal interests, but caring for, looking out for the interests of one another. And so a parent that, that really loves his child regards his child as more important than they do their own self. And so what is, what is the way to love your children? Sometimes you've got to love them by not giving them a certain toy that they want. And, and today, we didn't have to do this. When our kids were young, we didn't have... I think it's a blessing. We didn't have cell phones. Now, I, I like the value of cell phones because you can kind of keep track of your kids. But I'm watching what happens with cell phones. And it's, 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 it's amazing out there how many the kids just get into more and more trouble I'm seeing and through, through uh, what, tweeting and uh, I don't know all that stuff. But, the, but sometimes you just don't need to give them a certain toy. You need to make them do their chores. Sometimes you need to help them with their chores so that they see you working alongside of them. Sometimes it's just playing them when playing with them when you really don't have the time. They see it. It's giving them. 
time. It's, it's like knowing what their real needs are, knowing what their bent is, knowing what really is their idea of life and building upon that, training up your child in the way that they should go. Best way. Best way I know to express love for a child. Listen, dads, this is the best. Is the way you love their mom, your wife. The way you two express your affection for one another in front of your children. My daughter also told me this. You know, there's times when I would, I would have to go and do a Bible study and Kay would stay home with the kids and I'd say, I'm, I'll see you, honey. And sometimes in front of the kids, I would just lay her down and just give her a big old kiss. Say, I'm going to miss you. You know, and I kiss her, you know, and the kids, oh, dad. Ah. My daughter told me later when she got older that she absolutely couldn't wait for me to kiss mom goodbye. That she could see this love that we had for one another and it made her feel so secure in our home. Taught her what she wanted out of her husband someday. And all of that. Not hiding your affection for your wife, husbands, and letting your kids see you love on their mom is a way to make them feel secure and feel loved as well. It says in verse 4 of Ephesians 6 that we are to bring them up. Those words are the same thoughts used in chapter 5, verse 29. Notice it's interesting how, how Paul confirms what he is saying by something else he has taught. In the Greek, the language is such more, more deeper than, than it is for us in English. If you look at chapter 5 and verse 29, it says... God's talking about a husband, how he's supposed to love his wife. And then he says in verse 29, No one ever hated his own flesh, but he nourishes it. He cherishes his own flesh, just as Christ does the church. Those words, nourish and cherish, are the same thought that is used in verse 4 by bringing them up. The same way that you would treat your own body is the way you treat your children or, husbands, the way you treat your wives. To nourish them. To cherish them. Well, how do we do that? Two thoughts in verse 4. Discipline. Instruction. Of the Lord. Of the Lord. Now, because of, of child abuse... And ungodly parents, this could be a very controversial topic. And so I'm going to give it our full attention the week after Easter. But it is extremely mistreated. It is extremely mishandled today. If the instruction and the discipline is not God's way, then it's not of the Lord. And so you and I need to understand what is God, how does He expect us to discipline our own children? You see, the concept of discipline is so feared today within our society, it's difficult to talk about it. After I made this message last night, a gentleman came up to me and said, you're right on. I said, thank you, because I'm fearful when I go to this. I don't want to make a statement that that takes us offline. But he told me about an experience he had. I told you about an experience last week of someone I know very well who... Who, who disciplined their, their son, spanked their son when the son went to school. Remember I told you this story? And, 
And, and the, the teacher said, what's wrong? Well, my mommy just spanked me. And boom, they got on the phone and called child uh, abuse or whatever that is. What is Yeah. Pardon me? Child Protective Services called. The teacher did. And the, the, the Protective Services came to their home, rang the doorbell and said, we understand that you're, just, you're, you're abusing your children. And they, were, they, they talked about taking their kids away from them. The gentleman last night told me that is the truth. He was going through a very difficult time in his life. And, 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 and anyways, the long and the short of it is that, that this child a, a protective agency came to him and they threatened to take his children away from him. And so this is a very hot topic. But we're talking about godly discipline we're talking about godly instruction and we're talking about giving this discipline and instruction out by godly parents. I'll show you how lost we are. I read this. It's, it'll, hopefully it'll blow you away just like it did me. It's out of the government released, out of the American Medical Association dealing with disciplining children. This is what they wrote in a book called Growing Pains. It tackled the question dealing, in this case, with angry children. They wrote, here's what to do with an angry child who repeatedly slams the door in your face. This was one of the problems that they addressed. Their answer was, when a child slams the door in your face, step back and, and it says, do nothing until you have reason to believe that the anger of your child has cooled. They write, trying to reason with an angry child is like hitting your head against the stone wall. They reasoned, wait. Wait until your child is in a good mood. Then explain, <laughs> thank you for laughing. Then they explained, it's dangerous. Tell them how dangerous it could have been. Daddy could have lost his finger in the door, they say. And they said several talks like this are generally enough to cure door slamming. Here's what I say to that. <laughs> you might save the door, you might even save a finger, but you're going to lose your child. Now how do I have the nerve to say something as bold as that? Here's where we're going to close. We're going to close in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. It says it all. And we will build upon this the next time we gather together after Easter. Don't forget, next week is Easter. Here's what the Bible says about a problem like this or any other problem that you might have with your child, angry or not, in disciplining and instructing your children in the Lord. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. You really need to look this up. We are told... He, or in other words, any parent who spares the rod, watch, what does it say? Hates, absolutely hates his child. But the parent who loves his child, forgive me for crying, disciplines him. That means bring, that word means bring forth pain. Now, I don't believe that you need to bring a lot of pain. Now, this is my theory on it. I believe if you train up and you instruct your child and your child knows why they're being disciplined, bringing pain's not the issue. 
the issue is they know they've done wrong. And the, 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 the overwhelming importance in this, in my life, was when I, I don't know why I did it. I promise you I don't know why. But when I allowed my daughter or had my daughter spank me instead of me spanking her, someone had to pay. I, did, I guess I must have heard a message that Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid for my sin. He, he took it upon himself to, to be disciplined. He, someone had to be. He chose it not to be me. He chose it to be himself. I guess I went through that thought process. But when I allowed my daughter to spank me that day, it moved and changed her life and mine when we both cried. And she said, Daddy, I don't like spanking you. And I told her, Honey, I don't like spanking you either. The person, the parent who spares the rod hates his child, but the parent who loves his child disciplines him diligently. Key word, diligently. The word diligently, I want you to note, means of the dawn in the Hebrew or early morning. Now, it doesn't mean you're to discipline them early in the morning. What it literally means is that you are to discipline them early in their age while they are still young. I don't believe you should spank a child after a certain age. I I, I don't know what that age is because I think it varies from parent to parent and child to child. But there came a time where we stopped disciplining our children by by using a, we had a little paint stick that that if you hit real hard, it would crack. So you couldn't hit hard. That wasn't the purpose. The purpose was to say that you've done wrong and there's got to be a payment for your doing wrong. The word diligently there means at an early time in their life, an early age. Discipline and instruction must come of the Lord to our children at an early age. It's critical that your kids know. Parents, we have a lot of young people here in this church who are raising kids. You need to give your kids great instruction in the Lord, of the Lord, so that they understand what He expects of them. And you should set the rules. And in my opinion, there shouldn't be a lot of rules. There should be a few rules that, that are set in stone in your home. And you don't break those rules. And if you do, there must be discipline. Just like in your life and my life, as, a, as an adult, when we sin against God, there is, there is discipline that needs to occur. We must confess our sin. And He will forgive us every time. Parents, discipline, instruct your children early in their age so that when they get older, you won't have to continue doing it. Most important gift that God has ever given to you and to me, apart from our salvation and apart from our mate, is our children. And He expects you and me to bring them up in the Lord. We are to instruct them and we are to discipline them so that they learn how to walk with Him. It's most critical. I want to help. Now, I'm not going to discipline any of your children ever. Never, ever am I going to do that. 
I'm going to love them. I'm going to be the great lover in the sky <laughs> that comes down and just loves them. And with your permission, we'll give them some candy. And with your permission, we'll, we'll just love on them so that they feel comfortable about coming to church. But I'm going to remind you over and over and over again, be careful how you raise your child. Discipline them and instruct them in the Lord. You have been given a gift from God Almighty. It's your child. Raise them to become fully matured, fully grown, and fully in love with Him. That's our responsibility as moms and dads. That's what it means to discipline and instruct them in the Lord. Father, the most wonderful promise that you have given to us is that we will have children that, Father, we can discipline and instruct. And by your grace, Father, they will come to know you at an early age. And by your grace, Father, they will walk with you all the days of their lives. Father, may we be a a parent who understands our children the way they are bent and train them up in that fashion, the way they are moving, the way they are going, instead of trying to make them into what we want them to be. Father, may we, may we be faithful to love on the children that you've given us. Thank you, Father, for these dear people that come here every week. Bless them, please. And bless this church. And Father, as we look forward to next week, for Good Friday and Pastor Bill's message and, and Easter Sunday, may we, Father, really uh, really celebrate the very risen Savior that we know and love. We pray that you'll bless us in that process. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I love you all so much. I will see you next week.